0: Hey, you're listening to the Burnt Out Entrepreneur podcast where you'll learn why you're feeling so burnt out, some insights and hacks to get you along this entrepreneurial journey. I'm Kylie Yotel, former oil and gas manager, turned health coach, life coach, and business mentor for female entrepreneurs just like you and help them heal and recover from burnout. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Burnt Out Entrepreneur. Today, I'm here with Emily Woodruff. And I'll just say it's been such a pleasure meeting Emily. They have so different things in common. I was on her podcast first, and then we did a podcast swap. So if you want to go listen to that episode on uh, her podcast, see just the title of her podcast, I was like, no mercy. (laughs) Because if you're familiar with archetypes, I'm a part powerhouse and part, I, the popular loves connecting with other people, which is why I like you out and we met in a podcasting group, but then also the powerhouse is like, that is like, uh, but oddly enough, Emily, you are a philanthropist when you <laughs> took the quiz. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening that aren't familiar with all the different archetypes, philanthropist is someone who, um is on the opposite side of the powerhouse, who the powerhouse is primarily driven by money and success. And then the philanthropist is the opposite of that, obviously. right? Um, They're not really here to make money, but they're actually here to support and help others. It's really important because um, Emily serves female entrepreneurs who are growing their businesses and they need additional help. Because a lot of times we need the additional help to focus on our passions in our businesses. And what she is the founder of Moxie Assist, and she helps women to empower them and you know, to be and do their best in whatever path that they are in their own lives. And part of that, what she offers is she does logo and brand design, and she also does branding photography. And today we're going to be talking about how Emily has done a lot of shifting in her life she has a full time job and we have a, a lot of similar connections in that aspect because she's in a male dominated industry and i was also in a male dominated industry and she's in construction on oil and gas but there's a lot of similarities there and you can go listen to my my episode on her podcast cuz we yeah. a lot about that i'm just working in a male dominated environment but there's a lot of let uh, I would say like context switching that we have to do as females working in a male-dominated world. And cause she's still working there and she does Moxie Assist, where she helps other women to develop their business and she supports other people's businesses. So today we're gonna talk about how to really decompress and like transition between that work and that home space, even for those who are working from home primarily. We need to have that transition time between home office and the living room, even if it's like 10 steps away, because we need that mental transition space. Like how does someone who, who is a mom, who is a wife, who is doing all the things, working a day job and doing the virtual assistant work, helping others with the virtual assistant field, how do you make time for all the important things in your life because that is the number one thing that I get with my clients is like, I'm feeling burnt out. It's like, well, are you prioritizing what is important to you and set client boundaries? And I know I have some of you listening who are still in that that startup phase who do work a day job because right we've all been there. You stay at your corporate job until you can transition into full-time entrepreneurship how do you find the balance not only in your work and your personal life but how do you set client boundaries that are appropriate and not offend people because some and I actually wrote a blog about this this week um about that so you'll hear all about the boundaries and everything <laughs> if you go ahead and read the blog without further ado welcome emily to the podcast yay so much i'm so excited to be here yes so um tell us uh, when you are transitioning from your day job in, into your job or <laughs> <laughs> how do you do it what is that mental process that you take yourself through yeah like,
1: It kind of depends on the day too. And I really like structure and order and I would love to just punch the clock and say, now is my cooking dinner time, but life just doesn't work that way. So my full-time job, which you mentioned earlier, I work an hour away from home. Um, My husband and I both do. So commute together most of the time. And for uh, for that hour that we're driving home, that's most of our decompression time. We can kind of get out the frustrations of the day. We can have our one-on-one time with one another um, and just kind of get out of work mode and start thinking about the things we need to tackle at home. Um, so we have a small, small hobby farm. Um, our goal is to eventually be able to sustain ourselves and kind of like, live off the land. do I want to have a full like, commercial sized farm, just enough for us to be able to provide for ourselves and maybe. Yeah. The neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. So come home and. If it's like summertime, the first thing we need to do is go into our garden and check on our vegetables and things like that. Now that it's winter, it's really difficult to get me to do it, but I have to. Um, The first thing I have to do when I get home, because I live in Michigan, five o'clock, it's pitch blackout (laughs) and it's awful, but um, we have to go out to our animals and take care of them. I go out to our chickens and I go out to our little goats and we have to feed them and water them and just give them some attention because they're very social animals. Uh, they live with our chickens. So, and that's that's kind of like one thing for me too. I, I can go out there in a really bad mood. <laughs> and if I'm playing with the goats, they'll just change things around for me. So they're yeah. kind of a mood bo- booster for me also. And I have dogs too, but they're they just want to lay on top of me and they're fine if I'm not doing anything. They like when I have down times or when I'm working because I work from my couch most of the time and they can just pile on me while I'm plugging away. So, um, And then I usually, as soon as that's done, then it's time to, if we have, I'm a stepmom, so I have my stepson with us, um, it's time to start doing our dinner prep and cooking. And that usually takes me right into dinner. And then our night is seemingly over. (laughs) Um, When we're done with dinner, I will usually spend the last hour or hour and a half catching up on things that I do for my clients. Um, Most of my clients know that my life is very much week on, week off weeks that we have my stepson I'm a lot less available and the weeks that we don't have him I'm way more free because we don't even like dinner together when it's just my husband and I we'll sit on the couch by each other or kind of snack through the night or whatever you that's what adults do I guess that's what yeah. we do <laughs> it's just it depends on the day depending on how many people are in my house <laughs> and just doing the things that are absolutely necess- necessary it's a hard word <laughs> And that kind of just helps me to kind of refocus and check off the things that need to be done. And then I can get into whether it's a creative space that I need to be working in for somebody or working on my own website or blog or something along those lines. I can't just sit down and do that whenever I want to, I have to be in the oh, room. Okay.
0: I'm glad you talked about that. Cause I know yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs, relatable, social media content, and because right. Right. Raise your hand. If you're listening, raise two hands. If you're driving while you're listening, (laughs) but just raise one hand if social media is the bane of your existence as an entrepreneur, (laughs) because we have to be present or even like, I am not very good at copywriting, which is why I started a podcast. Okay. yeah, Yeah. So it's a good transition is that like for me, um, that has a
1: lot to do with time blocking and how I manage my own time in my business. And there's a lot of times that I'm like, okay, I just saw this really neat thing. I'm going to post it. I'm going to share it. I'm going to yada yada and put that on my Instagram or whatever. But I more recently am being very intentional with scheduling and bulk scheduling. And it really is a game changer. It feels good that I usually do it like a week because if I do it too far in
0: advance, I kind of get out of touch with it, there, it's like, what am I feeling this week and what do people need to hear from me this week?
1: And I can post certain things. If a podcast is releasing, I can schedule those way in advance because I know that that's the day it's going to go live. But if it's more of like tips on how to manage this or how to effectively hold up boundaries with your clients or something along those lines, that's something that I have to like feel it and want it. Because if, if I get a good response from it, I have to be willing to engage with my client base also. And if I'm just not in that mode, then I don't want to post things like that and not be willing to respond. And I kind of do it on a week to week basis. And I know how much time I can allot for it. Um, And that has been
0: incredibly helpful for me. I love it. I love it. And um, so the people who are listening and maybe aren't there yet, how do you, as, you know, um, a virtual assistant, like, how do you help your clients go through that? Because sometimes um, what I hear a lot is that I just want to outsource that. If you are looking to outsource, um, what are some of the ways that people can get ready to be able to outsource some of that stuff? I actually just
1: did an Instagram post about this a couple days ago and how that you're ready to outsource um, or when you're ready to hire a virtual assistant. So There's three things that I typically will respond (laughs) to. But to know that you're financially ready to take on a VA, and here's my little shout out for VAs, Um, there's pluses and minuses to having somebody who you outsource things to, whether you hire an employee who's going to be there 40 hours a week, or if you hire a VA, it can be on an as-need basis. I have clients that send me an email every Monday and say, here's the things I need you to tackle for me this week. And I have other clients that email me literally once a month. Or once every three weeks or something and say, Hey, I need extra help in this area I'm available now. Can you take this on? Um, which is really neat because yeah. then they don't feel burdened to fill a time clock for me. You don't feel like you yeah. have to have me for a full 40. I'm not the VA that has 40 hours to commit to somebody's business. I love Great. being somebody's help when they need it. And I know that it really makes an impact on them because it's the things that they they very much can't do on their own, or they don't have time for. But I can do it quickly. So off of myself yes.
0: for a second. Talk about that all the time. It's like ugh, I could hire out this thing. That yes, one hundred percent, I could do myself. But if I hire it out and I stick to my zone of genius, which is coaching and eating with clients, when I was doing more of the backend stuff, I'm like, tell me everything that you're doing. And one, let's see where we can, I have an acronym, it's AED, which is, if you're not familiar with the medical terms, AED is that defibrillator that you see on the wall sometimes. And that's what you put on someone if they go into shock or they, they have a heart attack, you jumpstart their heart with the paddles, right? And so AED, automate, eliminate, delegate. That is really going to jumpstart your business, especially if you're feeling sluggish and you're, you're feeling like your business is moving at the pace of molasses. Like, well, what can you automate? These are the ways to get things taken off your plate. Automate. Because, yes, you you may not be ready to hire an assistant, but can you find an app or even like a free app? Emily says she schedules her, her stuff, or you can use the, the native. Um, schedulers inside of these platforms to schedule things uh, and then eliminate. Like, really? Do we really need to do this? I know yeah. you're probably with some of your clients and they give you that list. You're like, do we really need to do that? I don't I know. i
1: in like- my own business. I used yeah. to
0: try to post
1: to Facebook, Instagram, and stay active with my blog, my email newsletter, and my Pinterest account. And my audience is changing really drastically right now. And my Facebook followers are just absolutely not my ideal clients anymore. They were the people who were interested in my wedding photography business. And it, it's amazing to me. If I post something about my virtual assistant business or branding or logo design, and I'm like, that's some good content. I'll literally get like two likes. But I did, I did my two last weddings in the last couple months here. And literally every single post that I made regarding those weddings, they were like, I would get 75 and 56 and shares and comments and just insane for me, who my little Facebook page has been tucked in the corner of Facebook because nobody engages on it. For me to get that kind of views was like, these are just not my people anymore. Yeah. Stopped spending time in the Facebook realm. And I just just made an update yesterday. I'm going to close my Facebook group that used to be like virtual, I don't know. I used to like send all of my updates there or release any of my upcoming mini sessions and things that, cause I still do other photography too, but I'm closing it because I just, I put too much effort into it. And the people that are in those groups are just not, they're just not anymore. And that's okay. It's something I can take off of my plate, get it off of my mind, Stop feeling, I've posted all these things. Why are people not engaging? I torment myself
0: over yes. the content that
1: doesn't perform. I don't need to do that to myself. I don't need to waste my time. I don't need to waste my energy. And I don't need to waste theirs. There's nothing that I can't stand more on the internet than getting a notification from a group that I don't want to be a part of. You know? I don't want you to tag me in your stupid at everyone thing. There's oh, a I engage. I don't like it. I've used it twice and it's been in the last week and it's to make these closing statements. And that's, that's it trying really hard to focus on the areas that I know that my people are in and it's okay. If your people change over time, if your business is changing, it's actually really good. If your audience changes as you grow, because that means you're reaching new people and you're, you're reaching the people who want to be
0: found, honestly kind of down a tangent but that's good because I know one of the things I did want to talk about today was how do we as female entrepreneurs especially for those of us who have pivoted if you've been following me not on this podcast but if you've been following my entrepreneurial career that I've done health coaching I've done relationship coaching I've done business coaching and now with this but there was when I was confused about my brand and my identity, who did I want to be online? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm doing this and that and that and that. And what came out of my soul searching and a lot of journaling was there was a burnout theme throughout because yeah. my burnout episode had the biggest impact on my life. That was when the doctor said, uh, if you do not change your habits and your lifestyle, you will end up here again or worse yeah. in one year. I was like, what? He said, if you don't quit your job in a year, I can't really help you. I was like, what are you talking about? And that's when, uh, one, the opportunities popped up. And I got prophetic words about quitting my job. And I was like, okay, so God was really lining everything up. And then when I got to the full-time entrepreneurship, like actually turning in my two weeks notice, it felt that Indiana Jones scene where... (laughs) You just have to step blind faith, the right? like, hope that the ledge will be there. And it's like, eh. yeah, that's what like, faith oh. is. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're here. But I'll tell you, this was corporate income. If you're watching yeah. on YouTube, my hands are wide, <laughs> um, and the the ledge that he gave me was like, <laughs> was like, oh, <laughs> the income wasn't as much as it was in corporate. I was like, err. I didn't. Like, when we are entrepreneurs, we don't always think about taxes and the overhead costs. Overhead costs. And yeah. I was like, okay, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> it's <laughs> tiny. It's oh. not as big as I thought. But you know, one foot in front of the other, you just keep going. And some days yeah. the tightrope was a lot tighter than it was. But through it all, God keeps us. If God is leading you in a direction, then He will sustain you in that, right? Those of you who are like, I don't know. One, wait for God to tell you when it's your time to move. And the week that um, I got the offer to, to join someone's team full time, he gave me the same word three times that week. And it was in my personal time where I was like through my it wasn't like got uh, three different words, which he my God speaks to me in threes all the time. It's like one is nice, I'm like, okay. Second time, I'm like, oh, and then when he hits me with that third, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> this one you want to <laughs> <laughs> so like, and then that prophetic word also came that same week. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> I got a job offer to join someone's team full time, and I was like, "Not bad," and I was excited. So yeah. my husband was telling me, it's "Like, wait a minute, that's gross. This is your corporate gross, and this is like, because that's all you're getting." You, <laughs> oh, but I already said yes, so, and <laughs> I hadn't signed anything with them yet. But I don't. I would just say the different flags that God showed me that week. I was like, "It, it may not look like in the natural." But in in the spirit, I'm like, okay, I don't know, God, I really feel, and even now as I'm talking, this is how the Holy Spirit gives me the signs that I'll get, like, my hair standing up on my arm, my right side, I was like, so that's how I knew it was my time to leave. Mm-hmm. Even though it didn't look like it, it was at super Indiana Jones
1: <laughs> a faith walk. Yeah, if it's something that he's calling you to, he will confirm it and he will make it abundantly clear. And it's, it's usually confirmed in someone that's not you also. That's for me, like I'm really seeking what God has for me in a different, in whatever arena it is. If it's me, I'm going to doubt it up and down and left and right until I can't do it until there's nothing else to doubt. Um, But somebody else will confirm it. And that's, that I think is the number one thing. And it's usually somebody that I haven't asked to even be praying for. This thing we have no
0: knowledge. Yeah. Just yeah. out of the
1: blue, someone will come and we should be doing this, or God told me that this is going on, or there's so many things in the kingdom of God and how he works. Um and usually finding peace over the subject, not usually always, but having peace over it is something that is God given. And typically, if he's calling you to something, he's not gonna leave you uneasy about it. There's assurance and, and affirmation and empowerment that comes in only a way that God can do it for you and only a way that he can speak it to you. And he's brilliant enough to know the ways that I need to be affirmed compared to the way like husband needs to be affirmed. He knows how to speak to me personally and intimately. And it's, it's just beautiful how he can do that with so many different people and all of our different needs. And I'm just really thankful for that. I know for the longest time, I,
0: I was confused. I I felt like, what is his name? Samuel. God, is that you? Yeah. Are you calling me? Until Eli had to tell him, oh, or he was like, Eli, are you calling me? And he's like, no, I'm <laughs> not calling you. Was, That's how it is sometimes. We're like, we go to our coaches or our mentor. Yeah. Is this the way that I'm supposed to go on my business? Because we're looking for confirmation from someone that we, we look up to. We have a really good Christian coach and mentor that hears from God. She'll say, uh, well, why don't you take that to God? Because they tell you, I have a coach that says, I could tell you what to do, but then I'd be good at running your business. No, you need to be good at running your business. So she's like, oh no, we'll journal on it. Go talk to God about it and see what he says. And yeah. that's what a lot of it is that you need to surround yourself
1: with people who are going to speak truth into your life. And uh, they are not afraid to point you directly to God, sometimes that is, it's one of those things that we we think that it's a simple answer, but it is the best answer every time. If I have friends or clients that come to me and say things, and if I know that they're Christians, I'm not going to preach at them if, if they're not, but if they ask me if they're having a, an issue and, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, this is still going on. Hey, this is happening. What's your advice? I'm like, okay, I know where you're at in your faith journey. I'm going to speak to you. Do you want me to listen to you? Or do you want me to actually respond to you in a biblical Christian way? (laughs) The very first thing I'm going to tell you is how much time have you been praying about it? How much time have you spent digging into the word and deepening your relationship with God to be able to get the answers that you need? And it's usually, I knew that that was the answer. I knew that that's what I needed to hear. I knew that's what I needed to do. Sometimes you just need to be kind of slept with it. and. On the race. There, that's it's no not, mercy for sure for sure <laughs> that's the whole premise of the name behind my podcast is I don't believe in murky water I don't believe in just getting your toes wet kind of deal um, I'm just just me in my personal life I'm either very hot or very cold there's no in between on almost anything <laughs> um, I'm very cut and dry I'm very to the point I don't like to muddy stuff up to try to Make things look a little bit better. Um, I, I'm the person that people come to and they say, "I appreciate your honesty and your your bluntness and your whatever whatever. And I'm like it's it's a curse and it's a gift at the same time because it really doesn't matter to me who you are. Um, if you're asking for it, I'm going to tell you what I think, and I try very hard to do it in a professional and um, professional and productive manner. A lot of times that's what you need. You're not looking for fluff. You're not looking for the extras. We talk on my podcast about the the negatives, the hurtful things, the painful things that you go through as a business owner. Talk about the way that you've been stretched or the way that your life before entrepreneurship was dragging you in the dirt. Or if you were in a certain type of industry, how I I interviewed a salon owner one time and Hmm. said, how about we talk about some of the stereotypes Kinda just laughed exactly and it's like you immediately think of the hairstylist or the hairstylist owner whatever as a ditzy can't really do business all they know right. is Lee blonde and she said it feels like something that she runs into every single day she's got like three degrees she owns two locations she successfully has managed this business through COVID she runs her home has kids all healthy and I'm like you are the exact opposite of what that stereotype is. She still yeah. sees it every single day. And it's just a neat world to be able to interact with other people and try to kind of break down those stereotypes and try to cut the crap on them. That's yeah. kind of what my goal is, is to just to meet people where they are and to be able to, that's my goal with the podcast anyway, is to meet people where they're at and kind of bring, shed some light into certain areas that seem to be dark for entrepreneurs and different
0: yeah, and wow. even that's the goal of this podcast. Burnout is currently a buzzword, but there is a lot of science behind it. There's a lot of like neurological science behind it, and that's why I created the burnout archetypes because I wanted people to understand that. Because when I learned about burnout, it was burnout is this, and of course, I learned about it through, um, through the medical diagnosis One of it was the science part. But then when I was looking at it. Um, I, was, I worked in shift work for 19 years in oil and gas, and we flip-flopped two weeks of days, two weeks of nights, two yeah. on, two off. We just had this rotating shift working schedule, and part of my healing process was to be taken off of that for three months. And talk about stereotypes, when I was taken off, there was also a guy who was out of work with cancer, and everyone was like, oh, I hope he's better. Because cancer, it's bad. Mm -hmm. But my healing journey because they didn't know that my doctor said, I don't even know how you walked into my office today. But those are mine is also a life or death situation. Couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. And I was like, cancer is an invisible disease as well, because it eats at you on the inside. And it just that's when like brain turned on with the, um, the whole stereotypes and like how People with burnout go overlooked for so long because yeah. of the stereotype. I don't want to take time off because it's going to make me look bad. Or even exactly. like for entrepreneurs, I don't want to not show up on social media, but my personal life, or even like you wanted to take off for the holidays, or you you don't want to show up like dear, I let go a lot of um, my clients because I had other projects coming up. I have a book coming out. Um. And this is the other thing. God told me that I needed to leave and he kept showing me, you need to leave, you need to leave, you need to drop these clients. And I'm like, but they need me. And I'm, yeah. I'm getting validation and income, which is like the, the <laughs> And he's like, no, you need to drop it. And yeah. then lo and behold, my grandmother passed away. And I was traveling back and forth to Hawaii to see family. I was like, there's no way I could have done that successfully if yeah. You know, I had all of these full time clients and I was like, oh my God, you're always wrong. OK. <laughs> I need to listen to you more. But then just like when you're talking about the the friend that you call or that calls you, that's how God talks to me, too. He's like, do you want the real answer? Or, yeah. or do you want me to give you the sugar coated answer because you're not ready to hear it yet? Like, yeah, that's what the beauty of having a virtual assistant in your business is
1: that's the main point behind it is to keep you able to feed into your business and not continue to be overwhelmed and to not have all of these things that are holding you back from succeeding when it's literally, that's one of the other things I'll go back to my list. Uh, The first, (laughs) first thing is to just to know when you're financially ready. And we started talking about how there's a difference between hiring a full time employee and a freelancer and There's also a difference too. So you're financially ready. It doesn't mean that you are having a good couple of months. If you're looking to hire somebody full-time, you want to have a good several months and know that you can plan in advance. But with a virtual assistant, you can do one task jobs or you can do hourly packages for a month or something along those lines and delegate what has to be done and pay what you are able to afford. And then if things change, if you fall into a dry season or a slow season, you don't have to fire them. You can just not use them for a little while. And that's okay. Um, Something else to look for is when you need processes for your business and like checklists and procedures, you you need that created for routine operations. A lot of people overlook that in, in entrepreneurship because it's your business and you're the brain behind it. but. If you really want to scale your business and really want to become, excuse me, bigger than just you, you need to have those processes written out. You need to have a a backup person who can do those sorts of things. You need to have somebody who can come in. If there is a situation like if somebody in your immediate family passes away and you can't tend to your clients, you can have a VA come in and make sure that your automations are at least working. and Just check the Zapier once a week. (laughs) <laughs> that's something that's really important. And then the last thing that I say is when you have too much of your creative work to process and a full admin backlog. Gosh, yes. So I'm a creative. I came, I came as a photographer. Um, there are times in the photography business, a lot of them speak kind of directly to that, but a lot of photographers only photo taking part of their job. They're really Mm. great photographers, but they're really horrible business managers. So they need an online business manager or VA, which is basically the same thing. Uh, Whatever you want to call us. There's some different titles, but they need somebody who can take their creative work after they've processed it and edited it to be able to take it and get it on the website, get it sent to their clients, get the albums made, get the X, Y, and Z, do all of these things, send the follow-ups in some people have an issue with it because it feels like they are not the one that's seeing the project from start to finish. It's not like yeah. I'm taking over your business. I work with you and I learn your voice. I learn how you speak. A lot of times I'll get a transcript from you and it's literally the same thing. When I was a photographer, I mean, really am, but when I would send a, a gallery to a, a client when it was done, I usually <laughs> have that same transcript for every single gallery that I send. What is yeah. the difference if I type it or if my VA types it, Nothing. Right. it just Nothing. gets, or if my VA does it <laughs> a little bit more efficiently, it's coming. And then making sure like receipts are filed the right way. Your email is inbox zero. I'm an inbox zero person. Yes. My very best friend has <laughs> diagnosed ADHD and she has got, had me go into her email and look for things before. She literally has like 9,000 unread emails. I can't.
0: I can't. I, can't I, can't. <laughs> I
1: can't. I don't understand your brain, but it's perfect for people that she has, and she's entertained the idea several times. I just need you to go in and clear it up for me. And yeah. I would love to do that, but I know that I will give you one month and you'll be calling me again, which I guess is good for me. But <laughs> those are the, the three things that I recommend a person does as a self-evaluation of their business to determine if they need a VA and those are just some of the things to do but those are the three main main things in my opinion
0: and so to go back at the AED right automate eliminate delegate and I put the A and the E before the delegate because sometimes we want to delegate everything but then that's when the cost goes up because it's like well do we need to do that and once you can automate certain things that you you have processes for them and whatever. And you can start automating those, mm-hmm. the cuffs, to save you some time. And then the eliminate, that's where you, know, you really cull through your tasks and everything that you're doing every yeah. week. And a lot of times I tell my clients when we start, do a time audit. Just write yeah. down what you're doing at each hour of the day. And it could just be on like a random sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to... I prefer a calendar like this that has... The hourly things, it's it's easy for me. Like what did I do at six a.m. today, played with my puppy. What did I do at eight a.m.? <laughs> I recorded a podcast. I say it's just budgeting. What did I spend my money on? What did I spend my time on? And it's it's not. And also, um, a lot of my clients who have like DHD tendencies, they don't even remember what they did because they're ping ponging, they're context switching they're um, multitasking. Yeah. It gets confusing for them. Like, I did a lot of things in that one hour. It's like, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's something too. We can go down the ADHD
1: route for a minute, but yeah. so one of my clients is an ADHD podcaster. Um, and she has come to me and said, it seems like she seems like actually retains information better than I do, but I'm really good at note-taking. I don't actually yeah. have to. I can write it down enough that I will pick up the paper three months from now and then remember exactly what we talked about. She takes a lot of effort to trying to be so present because of her ADHD. Um, it, it just stays there. And I try to tell her, hey, there was an instance where she had said, I have this meeting with a client that I'm working with. And they're saying that I told them X, Y, and Z. I remember it differently. Do You record your meetings because they're all virtual. I'm like, well, we can replay that meeting. Then I'd have to go sift through it. You could record it and transcribe it. And you can literally just search your Word document and figure out where you guys talked about it. It'll take a third of the time. And there's free transcribers out there. There's just simple things you can do. And I'm like, those are things that your virtual assistant can do. That's something I can do is here's the recorded meeting from me and my client A. I need you to take notes on this and put them somewhere that I can easily access them totally something i can do something you don't want to but it's something that's absolutely necessary for somebody who's neurodivergent to be able to delegate that task and get it handled yeah. different for everybody too which is a
0: a fun thing about va work is it's it's never the same and that's the thing with neurodivergent and the executive functioning piece that's why a lot of virtual assistants have a high administrative gifting right? and they have Higher executive functioning. It's not that one is good or bad. It's just that's how our brains are wired yep. differently. And sometimes more creative people are more, you'll see the stereotypes in movies, artists, messy house, but super creative. You know, and like Einstein, Bach, they spent such energy creating stuff that they let all the other things go by the wayside. It's, not good or bad it's just yeah. that's how their brains worked and they were able to spout those creative genius projects and who would yeah. a light bulb we would not have light bulbs if they were like well oh, i really need to clean my house today so
1: a really good real life example is my my husband is the most adhd person i have ever met ever he will literally be in the middle of The other day, I just cleaned up a mess from something that he did six months ago because I didn't notice it. I wasn't there. It happened. I had him hang up new curtain rods and I'm looking at them if you're watching um, and he drywall into the wall and it spits out some drywall dust. I didn't see the drywall dust happen when the project was going. But if this were a project that I were doing, I would gather all my tools at the end I would put them in their places and then I would go and sweep that area and make sure it was clean. I don't have to worry about it later. He'll run the screw in the wall. He'll see the drywall fall. He'll dust it off of himself and then he will set his drill down and move into another room and start doing something different. He has no like
0: mind, or like a thing on the inside that needs to finish the project. I
1: don't know if it's anxiety because I'm definitely anxiety ridden, but, (laughs) or what it is that like makes me need to clean this up. I'm just cleaner than him. I don't know, but it's, I'm now I'm looking into my kitchen and there's three projects that he's started in front of me. He's also doing 16 other things. I tell him all the time, you need one of those tile trackers for your phone or Mm -hmm. for your tape measure. And he's like, Oh, I don't need to have that. Like, well, don't ask me six times a day where you've
0: left it and put one on your keys and make me late for work again. It's I fun. had a boss at, and I was like, where's your this? Where's your that? And he recently came to California to, for a visit. And I felt like I was doing that again. I was like, Hey, cause it's just like <laughs> the role that we have. Yeah. Get your, bun, and it was just like, gosh, how easy we just fall back into those roles. <laughs> I said that my life is very gone
1: uh, week off because that's our schedule with our kids. And you would think that the weeks that it's just my husband and I. Easier. Grown people who know how to do dishes and know how to (laughs) throw the trash out. And, you know, I literally, I love my husband. Don't take this as bashing. (laughs) I literally just was cleaning up the living room today. And there were like nine plates on the table that were all his. And four cups. And... his trash basket was not changed. And literally, how do you do It looks like a family has been in here eating and leaving their place. <laughs> out. Oh, how is this a thing? And I have one cup on my table, just funny. And I'm drinking out of it still. It's just funny how differently we can process and handle
0: and deal with things inside of our own house. Mom is the same. And I, I will say I, I'm like both because I am that person that will leave my cup's everywhere because I'm bouncing between um, like meeting or whatever. That's just me. I get like so focused on something and I'm like, oh, I have to go like, have another appointment or a meeting or whatever. And then I'll just leave it because I don't want to be late. I do that. But then at the end of the night, I can't go to bed until I put the house away. No,
1: no. There's certain tasks in my house that have to be done every day. And if they're not done I am that I will not sleep I cannot sleep it stresses me out I don't care if our living room is a mess I don't care if my bathroom isn't super clean or something I mean it's clean but you know I, in my sink, I, I can't go to sleep if there's dishes in my in my sink that's yeah. a
0: problem
1: for me yeah.
0: but how you're talking about um how you help people with their businesses and I know on the one of our pre-interviews cuz we had we've been talking a couple of times yeah. <laughs> about <laughs> I love app. I love tools. I love apps. And that's one of the things that I teach my clients. It's like, what? Wait, why are we doing that manually? There's an app for that. To totally set up some kind of app or automation. So I already talked about social media scheduling. What other tools would you recommend for entrepreneurs to get, you know, like, we all need email, we all need social media, we need web sites and landing pages and all of those things. So what are some of the tools that you work with and you recommend to your clients? For sure. So it really depends on your
1: business, obviously. But um, if you're somebody who has a website, which I do recommend for any type of service industry, you have a website. A lot of people fight that that yeah. thought. But you can get free websites very easily, or you can pay like $5 a year to have a domain. It's not as scary and big as people think it is. No. No. Um, but to have, have automations on your website, so if, if somebody wants the product that you're selling, it will automatically deliver it to them without you ever even having to open your computer. That's something a virtual assistant can set up for you or something you can do yourself. It's super right. simple. There's tons of free ones out there. Uh, I use MailPoet on my website. A lot of people like MailChimp. Um, you've mentioned Zaps a couple times, Zapier is something that kind of takes notes for you or kind of nudges you when the time is right, take care of something. Um, You can do that with your email sequences. That's a big thing for creatives or for service-based entrepreneurs because nurturing your client that's coming in takes a lot of energy. And a lot of times you're having the exact same conversation over and over and over. Like your discovery call in an email, you can automate that and say, hey, tell me about what kind of event you're looking at and ask them to fill this out. When they fill it out and send it back, oh, here's my contract. Let's out, return it to me. Okay, here's your invoice. Please pay here. And it will do all of these things for you. And next thing you you've got another date booked. You've got another something booked. You can set up automations for calendar scheduling, which there's some do's and don'ts with that. But um, allowing people to just have access to your calendar is a big relief for a lot of yeah. entrepreneurs because yeah. it's something that's like I'm on the go let me get back to my calendar when I get back to my office no here's my calendar you've set it up right now it's a done deal and then it will even remind your client without you having to do anything I have photo sessions coming up in December like I've used Square for this I use Calendly for different opportunities where will send them a confirmation text when the next I can set it up where it will text them like five times, or I can do it just twice or whatever. It takes everything off of my plate because I remember that we're doing photos. I might not remember to send you the address, send you the code to get it. Please, I'm renting for us to go and take pictures, or I can type everything
0: and it will email all 15 of my clients that are coming. And it's beautiful. Exactly. (laughs) Can you imagine having to type those emails to each person? We could make a template and copy and paste, but even copy and pasting takes time and energy, and remembering yeah. did I get them all? Yes, yeah. oh,
1: this gosh. is a, a big one. If you're mm-hmm. a podcaster, having your podcast transcribed is a big thing for a lot of people. So seeing Otter AI is my favorite transcriber. I love Otter.
0: Yeah. See it right now.
1: I love it, and I just figured out that I think there's three different platforms you can integrate it with, and Otter will actually join your meeting. And will transcribe during the meetings. Don't even have to like upload it to Otter; it no. will just be a part of it and take care of it for you. And it's brilliant. It is the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing, and it's free, which is yeah. even better. Yes. And just everything else, you can pay, um, but you for the more, more bells and whistles. And something else that I use is HubSpot um, for my photo clients and design clients. I use HubSpot to do all of my contracts because it will track the emails that I send. It tracks whether they've opened them or not. Cause that for Mm -hmm. me, that is a big deal in my business is like, okay, well, I sent you the email. Did they open it? Are they looking at it? Have they made any decision? Have they? And it will tell you this email's been opened six times by this party, which to me says, hey, they're thinking about it. But if it's never been, I mean, it's never been opened, then you either didn't get it or they forgot about it or it went to spam. And you need to be able to follow up on those things really important thing for me and Canva yeah. is probably my other All best I'm right. designed for creating social media graphics for blog headers for anything i usually even as a logo designer i know it's like a dirty word in the logo world but it's usually where i will start my designs it's really easy to grab concepts
0: from and start something there and share it really f- easily with the client and you can go back and forth on the design yeah. you can Comment on the like element, yeah. like that element. Very good for sharing. Yeah,
1: usually it's the starting point for my designs, and then I
0: finish them. Excuse me, in other ed- because of the copyright issues with Canva.
1: Just I don't want them to look like came from Canva. <laughs> I want it to look like you could
0: do it yourself. Whole episode in itself, but um, um, there's a lot of people that are like afraid to share all of this information with someone else. What is the best way to share content or like apps and like logins with your team? It's the thing right? a lot of the times when we're going from solo to starting to outsource, I have to share all my stuff with random people on the internet. But you know, there's that, that trust factor. So there's an app that's called LastPass,
1: and a lot of people use that and rely heavily on it. I'm actually kind of very old school, and I, I prefer the pen and paper method. I have a client password tracker that is the pen and paper method, but it's really great for just organizing by by your trade or by your client or by, um, if you wanted to do it, here's all of my HubSpot logins. If I have 15 different clients, then I don't even
0: have to look up what website this is for. It's just... You yeah can however you want to LastPass. if you have the same login for the same site it's like, which one, like jobby enroll yeah. in all these courses which one is it
1: yeah so that will take care of in LastPass, you can upload your information and then it will safely transfer it to the person that you need to share your information with um it's a really great resource too and i believe that it's free also um, a lot of people have been on on that track you do have to be concerned with any website or with any email transaction, when you're sharing passwords, how safe it truly is. But I have a download. It's my freebie. My digital download is the client password tracker. Um, And it's just a simple way for you to keep track without even having to have logins for that. Because I know there's so many people, a lot of times when you're hiring a virtual assistant, it's because you are not the computer savvy one. (laughs) It's a way for you to Keep track of all of your logins or keep track of all of your clients' logins or be able to quickly, easily, without the internet, get to somebody's information. You can either log in if you don't have the internet, but you're going. It's just a simple resource for organizing um, yourself or your business or someone else's business and keeping it in one spot.
0: I would say it's also good coming to mind is... Recently, a family member got diagnosed with early dementia. If you have to create passwords or accounts on their behalf or like, don't remember things uh, or even if like taking care of uh, my, uh, I won't, my mother-in-law, only one. <laughs> but I mean, she was like, oh, I don't remember my login for that. Or even my yeah. husband's like, I don't remember my login for that. Like I, I know they're not going to use LastPass. Right, it's a great tool for you to download and get your family on it too. For sure. And
1: it, that's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because, say, I'm a pen and paper girl. I have told my husband several times. I'm the one that pays the bills in our house. I, if you didn't catch on with our the stories of my ADHD <laughs> husband, I'm the one. That, I'm sure our bills are paid. I tell him if I'm in like a tragic accident, the very first thing you need to do is go into my planner and get the logins for everything. He's like, what do you mean? Shouldn't they be somewhere else? And I'm like, no, they're in my planner on this page. No matter what year it is, this is where I put them. This is where I track them. You can find all of my logins forever. You will be fine. My calendar is our Bible. (laughs) It is the way that you will function. (laughs) If I'm struck ill and can't do anything, it is rare. And that's what this, this tracker is. It's a one page printout. You can print multiples if you have enough to fill it on you need more or need to share it with more people um, it's just a really simple way to track things
0: up. yes okay so the link to the client, client password tracker is going to be in the show notes you can go ahead and grab those um, and uh, if there's anything you want to leave with the listeners today is that one thing that um, you feel like they need to hear today I, I think it's just
1: it's really good for you to assess your business and hiring a virtual assistant doesn't have to be scary. I think the number one thing to remember is that it doesn't have to be a huge investment. It doesn't have to be a permanent investment. And it's, it's purpose is to help you out. Um, The whole purpose is to relieve things from your plate to make sure that you're able to give into your creative processes more efficiently and more effectively.
0: And what I always talk about is right, as the CEOs of our business, you need to stay with our zones of genius. <sighs> They're scared of technology. And I find a lot of creatives are that way too. Not as much days, but it gets to be, I don't want to touch that, or I don't want to do that. It's like, okay, that's why you give it to me and my mm-hmm. team, and then we will take care of that for you. I have one client, she's a photographer.
1: She's a boudoir photographer. She oh. does not like a computer at all. She does not liking, excuse me, in her email. She doesn't like having to follow up on her email sequences. She, um, she will email me and she'll say, I just, I need you to set this up for me and just make it work. I don't need you to maintain it every day. I need you to just get it right. So I can maintain it, but I'm overwhelmed by the process of setting it up. And I'm like, I'd love to do that. I would love to do that. It's intuitive for me. doesn't make it easy or or whatever, but it's intuitive for me to do it. I have lots of experience with that. Please let me do it and chill out on your stress level. It'll take me two hours to do something that's going to take you 12 hours to set up if you were left on your own. Think about that. Findings. And that's
0: 12 hours spread over probably a month.
1: And lots, lots of <laughs> drinks because you get frustrated <laughs> with yourself and yes, and time that's been pulled away from something else that needs your genius. If you just say, here's a task that I have. Can you please help me with this? You can do it. <laughs> you can get it done. And it's literally going to cost you less than if you would have tried to do it on yourself, on your right. own. That's what people
0: don't get. Yeah. Like, how much do you get paid for an hour of your photography, an hour of your coaching, whatever business you have. When I'm helping people transition into the delegation piece, I'm like, you could hire an assistant that's only going to cost you this much, and you could spend more time with clients. client facing, how do I explain it? Anything that doesn't need your face is outsourceable.
1: Anything, Anything that doesn't require, anything that just you can't do. If you're a creative, especially like for my photography business, I can't outsource taking the photos, which actually you, you can have teammates that help you with this sort of Wait, thing. Second shooter or something. And you, you can outsource your editing. You just have to take the time to train somebody. But once you've gone through that, you are more available for weddings during the week, during the weekends. You're more available for your regular sessions. You can travel more. You can charge more because you're doing more. And your end dollar ends up being way higher than it would have been if it's just you
0: and your one-man show. And that's the thing, right? Charge more because one, like speed. People pay for speed. I can't, when we used to have to develop photos at the drugstore, we pay for the one-hour photo. It's like double the price for one-hour photo. Instead of waiting a week to get your pictures, you get them back in an hour. When you have a team, you could literally shoot the wedding give them the SD card and upload it on your computer and like see your editor's remote that SD card to the whatever the cloud <laughs> and they could be working on it while you're still shooting at the wedding they, right they the reception
1: SD cards that literally upload your stuff no from way. your camera yeah so you something that was immediate and you can charge for that sort of stuff too as the creative you can say My regular lead time right now is 10 weeks for you to get your entire wedding suite back. If you need it sooner than that, here's an expedited fee. And here's a rush fee if you need it in a month. I do, but it's going to cost more because I'm going to have to hire somebody now and deprioritize the other things that are already in my queue. Things that you're doing and investing in are things that are going to make your business better and more profitable in the long end. And I think people are just afraid of... A dollar sign in the very beginning, and they aren't willing to open their eyes and see it's truly an investment. Anything that you put your money into, if you do it the right way, it will perform for you leaps and bounds. You might not see extra dollar signs in your account immediately, but the creative genius that you have won't get burned out. It won't be overwhelmed. It won't feel stretched. You'll be able to expand your services and do that thing that you've been wanting to do and you've been dreaming about doing. Now you have the time for it because you've hired someone to manage your podcast or to transcribe your notes or to schedule your appointments or your flights or your you know, copy on your website. All of those things that have to be done in order for you to have a functioning business. Most, most successful businesses are not just one person.
0: No, no. I don't know yeah. why we think that they are. I um, already talked about like your time is more valuable than the, than the other. You, you, charge X amount of dollars and then your virtual assistant costs less than, and they're actually faster at it. That's yeah. less, less hours spent, yeah. less time overall. Also, um, this is for the neurodivergent ADHD people. Hire an assistant. They will get your life together. And it's it'll help you feel more confident when you're trying to close new clients. You're going to not feel like, I'm a good coach. I'm a good photographer, but... Man, because you have all of this doubt and fear and like imposter syndrome about how unprofessional you feel behind the scene. When I've hired before I was ready and I'm like, I don't know, I I just need help. But what it's done, it's, um, I know for a lot of people being accountable to somebody else. So we hire coaches and mentors, but I'll tell you, your virtual assistant is probably cheaper than paying a coach, an accountability coach. And they're actually invested in your business, will keep you on your toes. And that's why I hired, I was doing some things and then I restructured my business and I, I hired before I was ready. Cause like I need someone to keep me accountable. I know I am I have this project management skill set, but I hired a project manager because I, I need someone to tell me what to do when my deadlines are I wanted to be here in my business and I didn't want to have to deal with that part too. Yep. Nope no, I'm good at it. And I do it for other people. I'm like, no, but I need you to tell me, I'm like, get on my case. Because if not, I wouldn't be posting anything on social media. Yeah. Oh, okay, Kylie forgot to write the caption for this. We have the graphic, <laughs> but you need to write the caption. I'm like, oh, dude, I just did it myself.
1: I always kind of, I thought it was funny because I am a VA who does everything on their own. But I finally reached out and I have a podcast manager now, which is crazy to me because I can do the transcribing. I can create the graphics. I'm a branding designer at that. I love creating graphics. Gra- graphics. <laughs> Gosh, talking is hard. I love all of the aspects that come with it. But so when I opened my podcast to start accepting guests, I did something really silly and I opened my whole calendar. And I didn't just set aside specific dates or times. I truly didn't think I would get the response that I had. Um, And I was overwhelmed by it. I literally recorded, I think I told you this already. I recorded like 20 episodes in two and a half weeks on all of my lunch hours from my regular job. I was working my nine to five, not getting lunch breaks. Or if I did, I had like seven minutes left in them. Um, Coming home, recording every, or uploading everything. Editing them, merging everything together, doing all of the stuff. There's a lot of steps to a podcast too. Um, And I finally, I actually was cold emailed by my podcast manager. And he, it just clicked. And I said, okay, I think this is what I need to do. And literally the day that I signed the contract, I caught up on every single thing that I needed to do on my end that he wasn't gonna. I say the day, it was that weekend. I tackled everything that was on my to-do list. Because I know that I'm now accountable to him. I'm way ahead on the schedule for what he needs. He said, just send me your stuff for your next podcast and I'll make sure I stay right task. I sent him seven. (laughs) He just has a continual workflow. And I know that I'm not going to be the stopping force. That's how I feel that I don't want to be the block. And I'll get mad if I'm paying somebody else to do something. I sure as heck better be dotting my T's, (laughs) dotting my I's and crossing my T's. And making sure that everything is in order and making that investment worth it. And it has been a kick in the pants
0: in the best way. I That's the part that people don't get about outsourcing.
1: Yeah. All of the things that I was doing, I was managing it okay. But then I got to a point and I was like, I feel like I can't even accept another podcast recording now. Because the stress of it is so much for me that I, I feel like I can't even be there. I can't even be in it. Because I'm also thinking of all of the things that have to come from that one 25-minute recording or whatever it's going to be. All of those issues, and it's great, and I love them so much. <laughs> I've never even met them, and I love them so much. <laughs>
0: and, and I'm so glad we talked about this. That's what people really need to hear is when we do outsource, it's more than the dollars. It's way more than the dollars. It's the the sanity piece. It's the stress piece. It's the freeing up your time to do your zone of genius, what people are paying you for so you can take on more clients. That's a piece that people don't get. It's like, well, then I'll be paying. I don't have money. I can't afford to hire out. And I was like, yes, but you can't not afford to hire out eventually. You can't. And there's-
1: that piece too that says you don't have to hire them forever I have told my podcast manager from a second email I said I don't think that this is a forever thing for me I love what you offer but I know that it's something that's within my wheelhouse I just need you to get me caught up and then if I go through one of these crazy spells where I open my calendar to the world again idiot <laughs> I don't have the free time to be able to do that. But if I do something like that and I get excited about my business and want to just make it accessible for everybody whenever, I love knowing that you're in my corner of the internet now and that you're somebody that I can refer other people to. Maybe I can't actually, maybe I can't give you all of the money that I want to, but I hope that I can connect you with enough people that your time with me was worth it and was an investment and was a a positive experience. And maybe I'll be big enough someday where I need somebody to do this all the time. And I I just love having people that you can call on when you need them and they're
0: reliable and you're not gonna get taken care of. Yes. You know? That's the piece. I've been through a whole bunch of virtual assistants who didn't pan out. But I have right now I have very good people on my team that I trust and that are actually automations person is Better than me at automation. Yeah. That's what I heard before. It's like, oh, hire better. And I'm like, how do I hire better at the stuff that I'm? But <laughs> like, you know, pride, ego, whatever. But and she loves doing it. Like yes. when we we had the initial interview, we stayed on for like three hours just talking about different apps. And did you say that app? What about that app? And we're just yeah. going through all of that. And I was like, okay obviously she's my girl because I needed to offload some of that uh, client work from my plate and it's like was it disingenuous that I'm not doing it it's like no I just inform the people that I have a team that will Mm -hmm. be working on the account with me now
1: here's the thing if you look at a, a regular brick and mortar business not blindsided if look at my company for instance we're a construction company so president then there's the project managers and estimators, the administrative team, the superintendents for the field, the foreman, and then the lay people. Even if we're talking about one single job, all of those people are involved with every single job. I expect the owner of my company, who did used to do this in the field. He is a carpenter by trade. You can't expect him to be the person that was out. To to your contract, that tracks your insurance, that makes your invoices, that sends the actual check, fills out all of your warranties and guarantees, and is the guy that shows up and builds your building for you. You cannot possibly expect that that's going to be the same pe- same people. Why do we think that that is the case for small businesses? Like, us? and my company is a small business. There's only like fifty of us. Right, own business. It's very small. They are not surprised when they get an email from me saying, Hey, here's the things that I need in order to make Dan's job run or Rick's job run. It's just part of the process. I think people have that bias against themselves. I decided to do this on my own. So I have to do it all. That is not the case. That's not the truth. That is a lie. I think it's a lie from the enemy that tells you that you have to be able to do everything on your own. It's absolutely not. Absolutely not the truth. And if you're somebody who's like, I just want to help people. And I feel like you're kind of more of a philanthropist and looking for different ways to connect with other people. I kind of like tease about it, but I'm like, that's a way for you to help somebody. Hiring, just to be silly, hiring me as your virtual assistant, you literally will pay for extra bills in our family to be paid. You'll pay for extra fun things in our family to be able to do. You're paying off our student debt. You're doing all of these things. I'm a real person. It makes a real life impact on me when I have a yeah. study full of clients. And I kind of tease people out.
0: Don't you want me to go on a vacation? Don't you want me to <laughs> <a> bag? <laughs> you know? My virtual assistant recently got married and I sent yeah. her a bonus. It's like, oh my God. And so I told her, send me your personal PayPal. Gosh, thank you for the gift. And it's that, that reciprocation. She does so much for me. She helps keep me in line. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you have good rapport with your team. Yeah. Oh, and I get it. Like when I first hired, it, it was good, and then um, then they kind of decided to do other things, and I had to find somebody else. And then that journey was like, goodness, like I just won't hire anymore because y'all yeah. are not you're not reliable, you're not reliable. And then it does take you know, some learning, or you could just hire someone that is vetted and is reliable, someone like Emily, who has a track record of success, not just yeah. in her business, but also what she's doing in her day job for, because she's running someone else's business.
1: <laughs> multi-million dollar business. Yeah, she's busy.
0: <laughs> and she's taking those expert skills, running a multi-million dollar business, and then applying it to your business. Mm-hmm. I just did a post on this yesterday. I ran multi-million dollar projects. That's why I got my first gig. No. And I worked with a lot of six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs because it was just like, she's helping you. I need that too. Like, yeah. Okay. And like, not a lot of people needed my expertise because I was running the bigger projects and they, they had bigger businesses and could afford a price. And, and then you hire who you need at the time yeah. that you need it. If you're a business owner, you're going to be continually hiring new people into your business as your business grows. Why not get comfortable with learning how to outsource and being comfortable hiring and trying and people on your team and learning how to work with other people, learning how to trust people yeah. be on your team? Is There's a Franklin Covey program or book called The Speed of Trust. Mm-hmm. Your organization can only grow as quickly as the speed of trust is the basic tagline for the book and we learned it in corporate we're a multi-bajillion corporation <laughs> but they had every single employee go through that course because if the lay people don't trust the project manager then there's all of that um that fluff that gets in the way like i don't trust that project manager i'm gonna just do it my own way i'm not gonna follow the project plan you just gets muddy yeah. but when you have a company that has a lot of trust the productivity just gets that much faster yeah. and your productivity just goes through the roof one you outsource you delegate so that your productivity goes through the roof but just trusting your team hiring people that you trust just exponentially thing You know we've talked a lot about a lot of things today so um, if i want to just go back and just tell people again where they can find you online, and yeah. like how they can get that client tracker, a password yeah. tracker.
1: You can finally find me almost anywhere at Moxie Assist. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I mostly hang out on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. And my website is my name it's EmilyAwoodruff.com. It will shortly
0: be MoxieAssist.com. Um, hey, thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear the responses back from the people who take what you've said today and really implement it in their business and see how their businesses transform. And thank you for being here today on this, the Burnout Entrepreneur Podcast. Bye. Thank you. Bye.